Hi friend, let's be honest. If you're anything like me, your life probably feels busy, crazy, and full. But even in the midst of the day-to-day, and no matter what life stage you're currently in, maybe you find yourself constantly longing for something deeper, something real. Maybe like me, you wonder about things like restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. In truth, I am on an imperfect journey of pursuing Jesus Christ and what it looks like to find those things in a relationship with Him. It's a journey I committed to years ago when I dedicated my life to following Christ, and it's a journey I invite friends to explore with me, even if, and honestly, especially if, you're not sure what path you're on. So for those who are skeptical, curious, or just need some encouragement, well, this podcast is for you. Come along with me as we journey together towards finding something real. Welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast. Thank you for listening. If you've been following previous episodes or have downloaded the study guide off my website, you know that we have been working through a series on ish, identity, and impetus, and how those concepts relate to finding something real in relationship with Jesus Christ. And today we are talking again about identity. Things like, in what ways does identity change when we come into a relationship with Jesus? Or, who are we really? And today, I am welcoming a special guest. She is literally one of my favorite people. And sometimes she acts more like a sister than a friend. (laughs) She lives in Chicago, um, has a passion for scripture and ministering to young people. She also coaches women towards physical and emotional health, and she's working on an exciting project that I can't wait for her to share a little bit about. I'm super excited to welcome my friend, Melanie Castaneda. Hello, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) So Mel, you have been a tremendous voice of truth and encouragement in my life. Um, We met when we were both leaders at the Delight and Be Young Women's Retreat in April 2018, and we just kind of hit it off. Yeah, we weren't even supposed to be co-leaders. It just happened. We bonded over, you know, both being vulnerable and real and loving the Lord. And um, it was fantastic. And coming away from that retreat, there was a lot of great things that happened. But my favorite probably is my relationship with you. So, Same. Um, <laughs> yeah. And we also co-hosted a mini podcast together. Mm-hmm. Um And I'm still hoping we can finish out a few more episodes, but you were quite honestly, one of my biggest cheerleaders and I should say kick in the butt, um, for starting this (laughs) podcast. Um, so thank you for encouraging me and, um, for being so hard on me. I appreciate it. (laughs) You are so welcome. Yep. Um, before we get started here talking about identity, I would love for you to tell people a little bit about an upcoming project you're working on um, called Abide in the Vine and how they might be able to find out more about it. Yeah, for sure. So um, Abide in the Vine um, really just goes back to the scripture on John 15. And for me, that has been a huge part of just my overall um, pursuit of health. Um, like Janelle said, I am a nutrition and health coach, um, and I do that professionally. Um, but really, my heart is to really minister and educate and empower, um, and it really just equip women to pursue their health in a gospel-centered, Jesus-centered way. 
Um, there's so much noise from the world around us telling us how we should pursue our health, what we should look like, what that should be, um, that it can be super confusing, overwhelming. Um, I find that in a lot of women's journeys and men as well, there's a lot of guilt and shame that is a part of that health process and journey. And if we can focus on what that looks like um, in terms of the gospel, um, health, um, personal health can be completely transformed like any other area of our lives due to um, God's sanctification within us. And so um, I'm working on a little bit of a passion project right now. I haven't launched it yet, but it's definitely coming and really is just, it's going to be a resource. Um, There's going to be a lot of just educational pieces, but really just real life talk about what it looks like to pursue Jesus in our health. Um, Because while we are on this side of glory, uh, we do have a body, we do have a mind, we do have a spirit that needs tending to and nourishment. And figuring out how to nourish ourselves properly is going to be the key to be successful here on earth, but also um, to have that eternal and kingdom mindset while we're here. So how can people learn more about it if they want to follow along? Oh, yeah. So um, I'm still working on my website, but um, you can see kind of just my journey and updates and that kind of thing on my Instagram. And that was um, my handle is I'm Melanie.Castaneda, and I can spell it. It's I-M-M-E-L-A-N-I-E dot C-A-S-T-A-N-E-D-A. Awesome. You could also just fo- follow Janelle and go and find me. <laughs> yeah. Well, Melanie's killing it on Instagram. She's uh, that perfect blend of pretty pictures and reality. I just love uh, your feed and the things that you post. So um, hashtag Instagram goals right there. (laughs) The balance of uh, being vulnerable and uh, still cute. Um, So anyway, um, Mel, I would love to know, um, and this is kind of the crux of why I wanted you on today. who were you 10 years ago and who are you now and what has changed? Oh man. So I'm 26 now, which means 10 years ago I was 16 and wow, definitely a different person <laughs> for sure. Um, as many of us I think can relate to. Um, yeah, when I was 16, I was really just pursuing so many things of the world. I was pursuing Um, just acceptance and wanting to fit in and wanting to be a certain way and look a certain way to please people. And I think a lot of people from the outside would say, what are you talking about? No, you weren't like you are bold and you stand up for what you believe in and you go against the grain. But I think that as I've gotten older, what I've realized is so much of that was just a wall. I put such a wall up with people and the idea of being vulnerable, the idea of being intimate with people was such a terrifying thing um, that I really just kept people at arm's length. I think the person who I am today really just speaks to the work that God can do um, and that he can change the desires of um, man and women's hearts. And I, I think today I'm someone who pursues vulnerability who is learning about what it means to be um, and have an intimate relationship with people um, that is Christ-centered 
And really just working on the fact that God has wired me and created me uniquely me. Um, There's no other Melanie and that's perfectly fine and that's okay. You were in this place where you were holding people off. Um, You were, you know, obviously wrestling with some different things probably from your past. And then it, it changed. So how did how did that change? What did that look like for you? I, I mean, it's a process. It's 10 years, right? That's a lot of time. But what choices did you make yeah. along the way? Because um, were you a Christian when you were 16 years old? You know, it's so funny because I, I think at the time I would have, I, I mean, at the time I would have said yes, absolutely. Um, I was that girl where like in high school, if someone like said something mean or wrong or um, was like saying something against God, I would have been like right there saying like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like I would have been very defensive of yeah. him. Um, really, I didn't know him. I want, I think I, I wanted to, I wanted to know him, but because of the issues that I was working with, I was applying those things to God. So what I did was I held him at arm's length. I wasn't able to be vulnerable and have an intimate relationship with him. I was trying to please him rather than um, just accept that there's grace and I can, and that he's accepted me and he's embracing me first. It's so interesting because a lot of the things that we struggle with here um, in real life, we sometimes apply that to our relationship with God and uh, you don't always notice it right away until you look back in hindsight and you're like, oh, okay, I get it now. (laughs) So how did you start allowing him access to the vulnerable places in your life? Oh, man. So when I, it really started when I went away to college. For me, it was um, going away to college was something that I I really wanted to explore my relationship with the Lord. I was like, you know what, I'm going away and I'm going to be living on campus. And so this is kind of the test. I'm either going to live for Christ or I'm not. Um, And so I kind of went in saying, I want to live for you. I want to know who you are. I want to know what it's like to truly be able to say, like, you are my father. You are my protector. You are my healer, my provider. I had heard people say that for so long growing up. And um, I could say that out loud, but I didn't know what that meant personally. And so it was kind of this like, all right, God, if you want me, then I'm here. Um, I think I want you. I'm trying to want you, but I don't really know if you want me back. And so when I went away to college, it was, there was a few different things that happened. Um, the first time that I ever truly repented of my sin was within those first couple months when I went to college. And that was, um, as you can imagine, very transformative. Um, I realized that I had spent most of my life feeling guilty for sin as opposed to um, truly repenting and seeing the grace that God has given me. For those who don't know, what is repenting? What, what does that mean? Yeah, it's just, it's seeing the, it's seeing your brokenness in front of you. It's seeing what we would call sin, um, which is that brokenness within us and saying, you know what? I don't want this. I want nothing to do with this. And I want to turn away, not out of guilt and shame, but seeing so much of what God has done, seeing the cross in front of us, seeing the beauty of the gospel and saying, 
I am free in Christ. And there's something about repentance where it calls you, it calls you to something so much higher than yourself. For me, when I was, when I thought I was repenting growing up, it truly was out of guilt and shame. I was feeling guilty for my actions. I was feeling shameful for being caught. <laughs> but those, but those, that guilt and shame never led me to truly turning away from those things. It still happened. I would do it again and again and over and again. Um, and then feel guilty for even going to God because I was like, wow, I'm not even really growing. Like, am I even a Christian? Um, those are the thoughts that went into my head. And so, and so when I truly repented, when I pursued that repentance, it was truly being in front of the cross and saying, I don't want this, but I want you, Christ. I want mm -hmm. what you have to offer so much more than what I have to bring. And so clean me out, like yeah. purify me, get rid of this in me. So it was, because I know there's a lot of people who come to God, um, you know, with that guilt and shame um, and it's true repentance, but um, it sounds like the difference that you're talking about, it was an exchange. It wasn't just staying in that place of like, here it is. And then walking away, it was saying, no, I want what you offer. Is that, would you say that's pretty accurate? Yeah. Like there's this quote and I might be miss, like, I'm totally paraphrasing, but it's basically saying like the, um, the willingness to like the willingness to change is so much more than the pain, like staying in your pain. Mm -hmm if that makes sense. And so for me, what that was, was staying where I was, the pain of being in the place where I was overcame the effort and the struggle and the fear and anxiety that came with knowing I would have to change. And so that was like, that was more appealing, the overcoming, the getting into the discomfort of things than staying the same. Staying the same was terrifying to me. And that's what really motivated um, a lot of that start for me of learning what it truly meant to repent and turn away from my brokenness and sin. Melanie, for for those who are listening, who um, the gospel is a new concept to them, um, you, I love the way you articulate things. Would you share um, the beauty of the gospel and and why um, why you were willing to surrender to Christ? Wow. Well, surrender is not easy. So I definitely want to affirm that. Um, and anybody who is struggling with that. So the gospel truly is just, it's, it's simple and completely complex. <laughs> um, but in so many short words, it really is the, um, a picture of almighty God sending his only son. Think about that. Like, I think of all of the parents in the world and they want nothing harmful or anything bad to happen to their children. So imagine a father sending his only child, his only son to sit upon a cross or stand upon a cross and be ridiculed, be blasphemed and be completely torn apart and bear the weight of sin and brokenness 
for the world. Like that's heavy. Um, And to really sit in the gospel and be a part of that, you have to get past the discomfort of that Um, because it is uncomfortable. Um, It's not a pretty picture by any means. Um, But the other side of that is God's only son. So Jesus, he made it possible. He was the one who had to pay the debt for our sin. He made it possible for us so that when we go can that so that we can go to God and truly have an intimate and vulnerable and true relationship with him. It is no longer us having to prove ourselves to God or try and reach God, but it he came to us. He paved a path so that we can have a true and everlasting relationship with him. It's unlike so many different ideas um or even religions out there where People are constantly striving and exhausted to prove to their to their God that they are enough, that they are worthy of him. And he is the only one. God is the only one who decided, I'm coming to you. I'm coming to rescue you. I'm going to be your father, your protector, your defender. And I will be the one to pave the path so that you can come to me and truly know me. Mm. That's the gospel. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I think of the term beloved, uh, which means dearly loved, Mel, I think of you. Um, you're constantly looking for things to be better. Um, I think that's part of your makeup. Um, but yet you keep falling back in truth found in relationship with Jesus. Why, why do you keep after him? Why do you keep pursuing him? Honest, just real, real yes. answer. Real um, answer. Because I literally have no other choice. <laughs> um, I, I want to say, like, I want to say sometimes, like, oh, it's because I'm just this, you know, like woman after God, which I am, but I'm human and I fail and I fall and I stumble every single day. And a part of my story, my relationship with God is that in many ways, he hasn't given me a choice. He has relentlessly pursued me in ways that I never thought possible. And I've even had prayers where I'm just like, God, lay off. I just just leave me alone. And every single time he's been like, no, you're mine. And because you are mine, because I chose you, I'm going to relentlessly pursue you, even if you're just, you're uncomfortable, even if it doesn't make sense to you, even if you don't want it. And I can't tell you how many times in my life he has humbled me because I've needed it. Uh, And once it's, I've kind of gone through the discomfort of it, I almost want it. And so, um, yeah, I, I just... There's, there's definitely seasons where I'm just like, yes, like I want this. I want to be changed. I want to be transformed. I want to be redeemed. And then there's other seasons where I'm struggling and things don't make sense to me. And I'm like, ah, why God? (laughs) Um, And in each season, in every situation that has come into my life, um, he has pursued me and he has softened me in ways um, where I want to pursue him. I want to know him. I want to be sanctified, um, not always, but I do, deep down. 
Um, I've had multiple conversations with Janelle where she's talked to me off the ledge and I have those conversations like, okay, I really needed that. Um, and my, and that's just a picture of what God does with us. It's that pursuing you and speaking truth into you and, um, just meeting me where I'm at. And I think that's been the biggest thing is like, what truly has drawn me closer to the Lord is that he really has met me where I'm at. Um, and for me, with my specific um, pain points, I've really needed that. I've needed someone to just meet me where I'm at, to say it's okay, but it's not enough. So Mel, um, for the girl who's listening right now, who isn't sure that God has ever been pursuing her, maybe she feels like she's on the outside looking in. But you mentioned earlier that there were times when you wondered if he wanted you. And yeah. so for the girl who wonders whether God wants her, um, would you just share a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've, I've thought about this a lot because I was always able to say like, whether it was in my small group or at church or with my closest friends, like God loves you. He cares for you. He delights in you. He wants you. Um, and the reality is, is for a really long time, um, and even sometimes today in the present, I struggle to really believe that for myself. Um, and really what that comes down to is, at least for me, I have had misconceptions of who God is. Hmm. Um, I've applied earthly relationships or earthly pains to my relationship with God. And in order to overcome that, I had to surrender that. I had to say, you know what? Maybe you are actually greater than the relationships that I've experienced. Maybe the betrayal and the hurt and um, the things that I have faced on this side of glory doesn't actually apply to you because I've also been interacting with broken people in a broken world. But if you truly say that you have overcome it, that you have overcome the world, then I will surrender myself to that. And please show me. Show me that is that that is true. Show me that you are who you say you are. So many of my prayers over the last several years have been, God, show me that you are who you say you are. Because I don't want to have a broken relationship with you. I want to have a wholeness with you that is real, that is raw, and is transformative. So if you truly can bring that, if you truly um, are who you say you are, I will, I, like, I, will, I will submit to that and truly follow you. Hmm. Um, and. So a part of that is surrender. A part of that is acknowledging that the relationships that you have, you can't necessarily apply that to God, that he is perfect in every way. And so hurt, pain, anxiety, um, betrayal, um, you know, harshness, whatever the case may be that you've experienced with personal relationships, whether it's a friend, a family member, a coworker, whatever the case may be. You have to acknowledge that and make sure that you're not applying those same standards on God. He set the standard. We will fall below the standard. And so you can't apply those things to him. 
because he is perfect. And that's the beauty of it is like surrendering for me was terrifying. But when I realized that he was the one who set the standard and that it's not me having to strive and exhaust myself to get there, but that he was willing to set a standard that really falls on meeting me where I'm at and redefining um, love, redefining what unconditional love looked like, redefining what my pain and um, hurts can look like when walking with him, that changed everything for me. It was no longer, this is going to be another relationship where I'm hurt, or this is going to be another relationship where I'm let down, or another relationship where I'm not going to be enough. It was like, oh my goodness, this is going to be different. This can be different because he's shown me that he is who he says he is. Okay. Uh, So good. So we're almost out of time, but I wanted to ask you two final questions. The first one is what practical tips or tools have helped you the most in grasping that you are beloved? I think for me, it's been in relationship. It's been in relationship with the, not only the Lord, but people around me. Um, and so the first one obviously is continue to pour into your relationship with him and um, really seek him, seek to know him and be willing to come as you are. For me, truly learning that I was beloved um, was knowing that um, he saw me that way because he does delight in me and he does um he does see his creation in front of him and when you i think for me seeing myself as his creation and not just this jumbled up mess of like molecules <laughs> and like those type of things like i think that really changed things for me um and then the other side of that is being able to be in relationship, be in community, be in fellowship with other believers who are real and are asking the hard questions and are processing through doubts and pain and brokenness that they're going through. Um, I've had some of the closest people in my life show me unconditional love um, in ways that I had never experienced prior. And there's something that there's something very healing and touching and something that does to your soul when someone just opens up their arms and says, just come Hmm. be yourself, be open, be raw. You will not be rejected. I won't reject you. Hmm. Yeah. So good. Um, So Mel, the finding something real podcast is about finding redemption or restoration eternity, authenticity, and love when we are pursuing relationship with Jesus Christ. Of those things that we can find in Jesus, redemption or restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love, what stands out to you the most at this point in your life and why? I think redemption, honestly. Um, for a long time, I really questioned whether or not I would, be, I could be redeemed. I had so many issues that I was going through, whether it was... Um, a lot of it was just mental health things where I was just like, can I really be redeemed by this? Can I really overcome this? Will God really walk through this with me? And um, for me, the the redemption really sticks out because 
although it's been a slow process, it's been a, um, a beautiful process because I do see the desires of my heart changing. I do see my mind healing and um, those areas becoming transformative in all of the other areas of my life. And whether it's anxiety, whether it's emotional dysregulation, those are two things that I personally struggle with, with my mental health is um, living with anxiety and um, the way that I specifically am wired due to um, growing up and different experiences. I have a hard time being able to manage my emotions well. And those are areas of my life that have brought me great pain and suffering but those are also areas that God has greatly redeemed in my life and is redeeming in my life. And that doesn't mean they're ever going to go away. That doesn't mean that I'm going to be healed one day. Um, unless God wants to, then I'm cool with that too. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think it's just knowing that he is always working. And a part of that is a beautiful piece of redemption is knowing that he's always working. The Holy Spirit is always working and um, Christ will be enough. Hmm. Mel, thank you for sharing today and for um, being vulnerable. Um, I just love you. So thanks for taking the time. You. <laughs> All right. Thanks for being here. And until next time. Thank you for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast. If you love this series, hit subscribe and come back next week when we talk with another guest about their story towards finding something real. Per usual, you can also follow along on Instagram at Janelle underscore M underscore Wood or using the hashtag finding something real. Every Thursday around 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, I try to jump on there and host an Instagram live where we recap the week's episode, talk with friends and answer any questions that might come up. So feel free to join me on there. And of course, you can also sign up for the free study guide that goes along with this current series by heading over to my website at www.janellewood.com. Remember, friends, you are loved and have a purpose. Until next time.